Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard. And I am Talon Williams. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's obviously the Monday after Christmas, but hope you guys had a great Christmas. I know I had a great Christmas, Chip. You had a great Christmas as well. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and uh, we're going to get right into the list today. Now, we do want we wanted to do hit one more Christmas-themed uh, episode before we kick off the brand new year. And uh, we wanted to talk real quick about Christmas movies. Now, you might remember a couple of years ago, we did a list about different Christmas movies. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But this time around, we're going to do a different type of Christmas movie. We're going to be talking about those guilty pleasure Christmas movies. The Christmas movies that you're really not supposed to like because it's the 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 norm or the the public opinion that you're not supposed to like these movies. But in actuality, the majority of us actually do like some of these movies. Admit it. You've liked them. You've watched them secretly. Or if you're flipping through the channels, it's like, huh, that's a Christmas movie. I'll watch it. Why not? And next thing you know, it's like, I'll watch it for a few minutes. And then it's like, oh, no. Oh, man. Is she really going to move to that small town? Is she really going to fall in love with the guy who just wants to help her build a gingerbread house? Oh, my God. This is so good to get the tissues out. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, <laughs> that being said, but we, everybody has those guilty pleasure uh, Christmas movies. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. Yes. So um, let's jump right on into it, Bubba. You want to go ahead and take the first one tonight? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll r- jump right into it with 2003's Bad Santa. Yes. Um, so telling a tale of a pair of con men who take advantage of the holiday season, this is definitely not your average feel-good Christmas movie. Bad Santa is one of those movies whose reputation is a product of its marketing. Anyone who hasn't seen this film would think it's crass and ridiculous, and it's not that it isn't those things at all, but it does come together to actually be quite an enjoyable film. In fact, it was a commercial success and was even hit. Uh, it was even a hit with the critics, managing to garner a seventy-eight percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Even Roger Ebert called the movie a demented, twisted, and unreasonably funny work of comic kamikaze style. Yeah. What did you think about Bad Santa? Uh, man, I love Bad Santa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love Bad Santa. I mean, uh, anytime you put Billy Bob Thornton, John Ritter, and Bernie Mac together, it's like, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> right. Also, Tony Cox, too, man. You know, playing. I, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. And then you add Tony Cox in with that. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like Tony Cox. Like I remember uh, Tony Cox from uh, Friday, you know. And then uh, whenever he when he when he got to do this movie, I was like, oh, that's the guy from Friday. That's the guy from Friday. And then Billy Bob. I think everyone knows Billy Bob from uh, Sling Blade and a couple of other movies. Um, I like mustard on my biscuits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and R.I.P. to Bertie Mac. Still to this day, one of the funniest people that ever lived. And uh, and John Ritter, too, rest in peace to him as well. He, you know, people mostly know John Ritter from uh, the TV show Three's Company. Um, he did an episode of Law & Order SVU, but we're not going to go there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I thought the movie was hilarious. I mean, you're basically 
basically it's about these two guys, Willie and uh, Marcus, who every year they portray mall Santas and they end up, you know, trying to, you know, they, they always, uh, figure out a way to like rob the malls and things of that nature. And then security got tight and things, you know, different ones. And, and also other, there were other good, uh, uh, actors and actresses in the movie as well. Uh, Cloris Leachman, uh, God rest her soul, uh, passed, uh, she passed away, uh, back in, uh, earlier this year in fact uh january of uh 2021 uh yeah. she died at 94 years old um but yeah she uh she was in the movie she played granny in the movie um uh brian cullen mostly known for uh mad tv uh was also in the movie um alex borstein who most people know her also from mad tv she also plays the voice of lois griffin on family guy um but yeah uh the movie was it, it was an interesting take on a christmas movie because it was more like it was like the Christmas movie you weren't allowed to watch as a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the movie, <laughs> for sure. You know the movie because it came out in two thousand and three, and two thousand and three was at a time of people were quote unquote, you know, I guess what, what would be the nice way to say it? Um, people were less sensitive back in two thousand and three. Uh, because I have a pretty uh, good. Yeah, we could say that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm being nice about it uh because I, I think if people try to make a bad santa movie today there'd be so much controversy and criticism over it and it wouldn't even be fun to watch anymore you know um right but but yeah i, I enjoy this movie a lot um it you, you see but here, here's the thing you cannot watch this movie on like comedy central or T, tnt or any of them other uh you know premium cable networks like no you gotta you either gotta watch it watch the dvd or watch it on hbo or something like I, you know you can't watch it on regular tv because they take a they take about you know 50 percent of all the you know gross humor out which is kind of the point of the movie it was just a rude you know dark comedy in a sense you know right right uh, it's it's definitely one of those uh, don't watch it with the kids. It's it's a one hundred percent an adult, you know, uh, Christmas movie. Yeah, do uh, not watch it with your kids. <laughs> right uh, now, now, did you ever see the second one, Bad Santa Two? I never saw the second one, but from everything I've heard, is that it wasn't as good as the first one. See, I thought it was as good as the first one. I thought it was just as funny. Uh, it, it was kind of like Home Alone 2. You know, how most people don't think that it's as good as the first. But when you sit back and watch it, it, it really is. They just took the the antics and, and ramped them up a little bit. Okay. So... Yeah, because that was 2016 um, yeah. when Bad Santa 2 came out. So, yeah, so that was a – I mean, it's a pretty, pretty long stretch. I mean, it's 13 years. So I guess, you know, um, originally there was supposed to be a third movie made uh, from what I'm reading here is that less than – okay, never mind. I read that wrong. I'm sorry. This is less than a third of the original film, uh, and it says it's considered a box office bomb. Um, so – and I was going by what the Wikipedia entry is right. telling me. And what they mean by a box office bomb is basically meaning that the money they spent on making the movie 
was it what they earned back at the box office? Well, yeah, I mean, so they they on the second one they spent twenty six million to make it, and the box office made twenty four million. So yeah. so they lost two million on it, but right. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean it ain't the worst, you know. No. I mean, oh god, no. I mean, th- there have been movies like um like the movie uh God, what was it? Uh, I I have to think about it. I I have to, I have to go back through and look through the stuff and find it. Um, but yeah, there's a whole lot of uh movies that had a network because you only have like a certain ceiling on how much money you can spend for a certain film and then if you go over that money you you better hope that you could recoup that in ticket sales and streaming service revenue and things of that nature and a lot of times movies just don't get no play you know and it's like ugh, you know um right. but nevertheless we're gonna jump from bad santa to another movie a movie that i've never seen but you know, maybe after this, I'll look into it. It's called Christmas Inheritance from 2017. Now, a few years back, Netflix seemed to have realized that there is a big market for uh, Schultzy, like, you know, those those Hallmark Channel style Christmas movies. Uh, and they took the concept and they ran with it. And one of the most notable early examples of this, uh, of their... Uh, Uh, Their entry into the genre was Christmas Inheritance, which tells the story of a big city girl heading back to her quaint little small town and, spoiler alert, falling in love with one of the locals. The story unfolds predictably, just like any, just like the many stories that came before it, but we can't help but be charmed by the soothing rom-com formula. So basically, this was basically Netflix's take on the Hallmark Christmas movies. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And and I, and I'm sure that there's more to it than than that. Um. Matter of fact, a quick little uh, search here on the wikis. Um. Will certainly. Boom! Right there. Uh, I'm trying to look at who was in the movie. Okay, Eliza Taylor was in it. Um. Andy McDowell. Know. Andy McDowell. I know Andy McDowell. Um, yeah, Eliza Taylor. I'm trying to figure out what she was from. Uh, she was on the 100. Okay, she was on the series the 100. Uh, Jake Lacey. He was. Um, he was. He was Pete Miller on the ninth and final season of The Office. Oh, okay, that's probably where I recognize him from then. Um, so yeah, it, it, your, your your typical rom com. Did, did you happen to see this movie by any chance? I, I have not seen this one yet, but. Um... It is now on my list to watch because <laughs> I I do like those quote unquote guilty pleasures, uh, or I, I guess what back in my day they would be almost cult classics, right? As like they have this this following, and you're not supposed to like them, but you do, right? Yeah, a lot. I think I think it's that way for. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people's like, well, you're not supposed to like this. Well, who says I'm supposed to listen to you? <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like, I, I can't stay people like that. So, please forgive us, ladies and gentlemen, that we don't know too much about the Christmas inheritance, but we will certainly look into it uh, later on. Basically, it's about a Manhattan executive is ready to retire, and he has concerns for his daughter being too spoiled and immature, excuse me, and immature to inherit the position of CEO. Blah, blah, blah. 
so female Tommy Boy? Basically, in a sense, yes, yeah, the female version of Tommy Boy. Um, um, to I, what I, I was going to say real quick is it, it does hold a 50% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and an average uh, rating per uh, review of 6.2 out of 10. So that's not bad. Yeah. You know. Right. Uh, then it says all the community Christmas. If it, this is um, spoiler alert. No, nope, you know what? I ain't going to read it because if I read it, I'm going to spoil it for myself and I can't do it. Um, so, and if any of you out there have seen Christmas inheritance, let us know, let us know what you th- guys think about the movie. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So the next one, go ahead, Chip. You got the next one. Yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about um, 2019's let it snow. Um, it's, you know, a- another, netflix uh movie and uh it's a teen holiday rom-com uh it does not get the recognition it deserves let it snow takes the love actually approach to christmas movies showing a number of ultimately interwining uh storylines all relating to characters understanding the true meaning of love during the holiday season. While it may be geared towards high schoolers, it's actually enjoyable for viewers of all ages. It has a diverse cast and features storylines depicting many different types of love, including familial love and friendship. So there's something for everyone to relate to. Uh, So yeah, this was uh, came out in 2019. It's another of those Netflix uh, Christmas rom-coms. And it's actually uh, based on uh, a novel called Let It Snow, The Three Holiday Romances by John Green, Lauren Miracle, and Maureen Johnson. Uh, So, you know, for those of you who like to, to read, then you can go and read this as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this is another one of those that I haven't seen. Um, but it, it, I mean, it's got John Cusack in it. Uh, so I mean, anything with John Cusack is pretty good in my opinion. I don't think that man has ever made like a terrible movie. You said John Cusack? Yeah. Cause here it says John Cusack. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Joe yeah. Cusack. Well, John Although, Cusack, John Cusack. If it's if the, if the last name Cusack is involved, you know it's going to be at least something good. Right. Uh I mean, she's done a lot of of good movies too. Uh right. she's in 16 Candles, Say Anything, uh Gross Point Blank, Cradle Will Rock, High Fidelity. Um So, you know, those are good good movies that also they all 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 those movies also uh starred her brother john cusack so right yeah you Um, you always see those two together yeah Uh, yeah like i said i've never actually seen uh let it snow um but then again it is on netflix so we'll have the opportunity i'm just going to read you the first line of the plot for anybody who might not know it says on christmas eve in laurel illinois Julia uh, Reyes runs into uh, rising pop star Stuart Bale on a train. 
He mistakes her for a fan when she tries to return his phone to him, to which she takes offense. Despite his apology, after the train is stopped by snowed over tracks, Julie gets off and starts to walk home. Stewart joins her and offers lunch at a local diner called the Wa- called Waffle Town. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck? Okay. She reluctantly agrees and also saves Stewart from a group of fangirl cheerleaders. She reveals to Stewart that she got accepted into Columbia and that her mom is also deathly sick. But if she delays leaving, she will lose her scholarship. And it, it's winding stories that wind together. You see that a lot. I think a couple of years ago, there was a movie called, um, ah, what's the name of it? I think New Year's Day, I think was what it was. Yes. And there was it, it had a whole lot of different um uh act actors and actresses in it. Um there was uh let's see it was a two thousand was it two thousand and one or was it two thousand and uh it may have been two thousand and one, I wanna say. Yeah, because it had no, that's not it either. They may have been new it might be New Year's Eve, I'm thinking. It it, it is. It was two thousand eleven. Yeah, 2011, yeah. Uh, and it had uh, Jessica Biel, Halle Berry, John Bon Jovi, uh, Ludacris was in it, Robert De Niro, Josh Dumal, Zac Efron, uh, Catherine Heigl, Ashton Kutcher, Seth Meyers, Sarah Michelle Parker, Michelle Pfeiffer, Hilary Swank, uh, Sofia Vergara. Uh, I mean, just a ton, a ton of... Yeah, huge, it, that, huge actors, right? Uh, now, now we're not comparing Let It Snow to that, but what I'm saying is, in terms of stories coming together and you know bringing everyone together and things of that nature, it's kind of in the same vein. Um, so, uh, but yeah, but that's that one for that one. All right, the next one that we're going to talk about is a movie that I watched and I actually do enjoy this movie. Um, it's called Four Christmases. Uh, you remember this movie, correct? Uh, yeah, with uh, Vince Vaughn, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. In Four Christmases, Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon play a couple who seemingly have it all and manage to avoid their families at Christmas every year to head off to do something fabulous instead. In this, in this particular year, however, Mother Nature's forced them to tackle visiting both of their families which is which of whom have a wide range of qualities that make us understand why our main couple decided to skip visiting them in the past. Reviewers were not kind to this one with a Hollywood reporter calling it one of the most joyless Christmas movies ever, but we can't help but put it here for its heart. Um, I, I liked Four Christmases. I thought it was very fun. I thought it was a very uh, entertaining movie to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, if, for those of you who've never seen it, basically it is kind of like what what the what it describes is that you know they were you know they're an upscale San Francisco couple. Um, they both come from dysfunctional families. Both parents were divorced, and they have obnoxious siblings with out of control kids. So they disdain the idea of getting married or having kids that's you know because those you know so that's basically the the ju- the the crux of the argument the, the crux of the thing is that you know they're they're together they love each other but they don't want to get married because of obvious reasons they don't want to have kids for obvious reasons so they try to travel abroad for christmas and because they plan to go to fiji you know things happen blah 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 
uh, the, you end up going to, uh, so you, and it's got some good, like a uh, Robert Duvall plays, uh, uh, Vince Vaughn's father and Sissy Spacek, most known from her role in Carrie, um, play, uh, you know, the, you know, the, you know, Carrie, the, the, the evil, not, not, yeah. But anyway, um, so a hey, scary ass movie. Um, but yeah, Sissy Spacek played his mother. Um, now Katie, Kate, which was Wilson's character was played by, um, Mary Neal Steinberger, Steinberger, Bergen, I'm sorry. Um, I can't remember exactly what she's known for off the top of my head. Um, oh, she was in Mary, Mary, yeah, I'm trying uh, to remember what Steam version, Steam version. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was, um. I mean, she's been in a lot of of stuff. She was in, she was in, she was in Step Brothers. That's what I remember her from. Yeah, she was in the movie Step Brothers. Yeah, um, I mean, but she's been in a lot of stuff. She was in the original Parenthood in eighty eighty nine. Uh, she right. was in Back to the Future Three, Philadelphia. Uh, I remember the first movie that I really remember her in was in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Okay, that's probably what I remember seeing her in then. Um, and then uh, the father was played by John Voight, um, most notably um, his most notable role playing uh, John Joe Voight's Buck. Been in everything, yeah, dude. He's been, since night since the nineteen seventies. Um, but yeah, so that whole thing, and yeah, and it, it it really, I think it comes down to it comes to them going to see their parents all in one day for you know to get together but it does at the end of the day you know it turns out that you know for the and spoiler alert for a (laughs) for a damn movie that's over 13 over 14 years old uh was going to be 14 years old it says on new year's day a year later brad and katie welcomed their first child a daughter after spending nine months hiding the news from their family as they're is the New Year's baby. A film crew is there and congratulates them once again, revealing them and the new baby to the whole city and to their families. So now, you know, they, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it got to a point to where they're like, okay, we're all, we all come from dysfunctional families. We all come from, you know, no one's perfect. So, you know, we might as well, you know, try to get on fit. And I think that's the thing. I think this movie was more about, you know, I think this movie was more was made for the kids with dysfunction who come from dysfunctional families or the or it's like I don't want to deal with these you know people They're, these are people I only see once a year and I don't even like half of them you know but they family you know and you know you love them you know you might not t- you might not like them sometimes but damn it you love them you know what I mean right so I think that was kind of the juxtapose is like you know like family does mean you know something you know and it's also heartwarming at the same time you know um so we're gonna move from four christmases to the next one you got it yep uh next up we're gonna talk about yet another netflix original holiday rom-com uh that the streaming service distributed it's called the holiday calendar it's uh it's a bit of a wacky concept concept it's about an inherited advent calendar that appears to be able to predict the future um, so magical realism aside, this movie actually features a charming cast with Cat Graham and Quincy Brown in the lead roles. While the film definitely follows the classic rom-com formula, 
Its unique concept makes it stand out among the rest. Whether or not it's actually believable, but who doesn't want a little magic when it comes to Christmas time? Right. Who don't want a little magic? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I have seen this one. Okay. Uh, and I thought it was really, really good. Uh, it, it actually, I knew very little about Advent calendars. Yeah. Before watching this movie. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I had heard the term Advent calendar uh, prior to seeing this movie, but I didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, and then once once I, you know, seen the movie and everything, I was like, oh, okay. So that's what an Advent calendar is. And did a little more research off of that. So I, I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was really good, uh, and it's one that I would recommend to people. Right. Uh, so yeah, this ain't one that I've I've actually never seen this one. Um, to yeah, you talked about the magic advent calendar and it predicting the future and blase blase and Abby and Josh who 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 are the characters played by Cat Graham and Quincy Brown in the movie. Um, you know they end up you know falling in love and blah 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 and all these different things. Um. But Cat Graham, I remember her from being in the uh, TV show uh, Vampire Diaries. I remember her from being in that one. Um, yes. I don't remember Quincy Brown being in anything, though. He he may have been. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I mean, they were all young in this. I mean, they were like, you know, at least, you know. Matter of fact, oh, come on, computer. Don't act up now. Right. Oh, I, think, uh, I think my computer's acting up. Uh, I'll just close out of that. Okay. <laughs> Come back again. All right, here we go. Yeah. All right, we're good now. Uh, so, so, <clears throat> so, so, uh, he, Quincy, uh, hadn't done a whole, whole lot of acting. Uh, he, he's actually only done, uh, like five movies. Uh, but he was in, a, a, a good bit of TV series. Um, he was on Wild and Out. Uh, most currently he's in, um, power book three, uh, raising, okay. uh, canon. Yeah. On stars, the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 50 cent has something to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. 50 it, cent. It's narrated yeah, 50 by 50 show, cent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, it's the third, uh, the third in that series. Um, so but yeah, he he was on Wild and Out, uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. He did an episode of CSI. He did a couple episodes of My Super Sweet Sixteen. Um, you know, I mean, he he's still. I, I was gonna say he's still fairly young. Uh, young compared to is, you know, I mean, he's he's thirty. So yeah, so yeah, he got a lot of time on his hands to you know make some good content. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That being said, though, we're going to go uh, to the next one on the list. The next one on the list is called The Princess Switch. Again, staying with the Netflix specials. Um, so who doesn't love an identical stranger plot? Uh, drawing on uh, many stories that came before it, The Princess Switch features two young women trading places, taking advantage of 
of their extremely similar looks. Stacy De- DeNovo is an American baker who has traveled to a fictional country in Vol- Bulgaria for a baking competition. There, she meets up with Margaret uh, Delacorte, the Duchess of Mon- Montenegro. Who yeah. just yeah, I wanted to say I made sure I was saying that correctly. Um, just who who just so happens to look exactly like her. To get a taste of each other's lives, they swap circumstances and both both realize that they they appreciate the change. The Vanessa Hutchins star was so popular that it spawned a 2020 sequel. Um I mean, if you look at it, um I mean it was basically her playing two roles basically um because yeah that she she played both roles as um stacy de novo and as lady margaret uh delacorte and i mean it, it it does make sense because there have been other movies similar to this i think the parent trap was was one um you know anything with mary kate and ashley growing up you know was something uh they did it for the movie big daddy um with Adam Sandler, the two young, uh, the young man, the two young men were twins and they actually, um, you know, but this one, other than using real twins, like with the whole American Ash thing and the big daddy thing, um, you know, she just played two roles and, um, you, you're basically, you're basically, Hey, you have to take on my life, even though you don't know jack shit about anything that I've done in my life, because we look similar. Hey, let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, switch, you know, which on the surface, it sounds like a crazy idea, but at the same time, it's like, if people thought that I was this rich, you know, and of course, obviously sabotage happens and, you know, or different things happen where, you know, like this primp and proper princess, uh, or duchess rather has to cook, bake, you know, cakes and cookies and junk and stuff. And then this, you know, Baker from Chicago has to be a duchess with not even the single thought of what a duchess would normally do. Have you seen this uh, particular movie? Yes, I have. And what did you think about uh, it? I mean, I, I, again, I thought it was good, but I, I'm, I'm weird. And, and I think some of these, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Hallmark movies uh like so much that i subscribe to um hallmark movies now so i can watch hallmark christmas movies right i i love them i know they're all the same but i love them <laughs> right um, i don't right. I, I, it, I mean you know it's it's part of of who i am uh and i so i did not know that this actually there was a third movie in this series of the princess switch uh that just came out in november so i'm gonna be watching that probably when we get done recording i'm gonna go watch <laughs> the princess switch three right yeah because you you'll be um yep judge me yeah. if you want but <laughs> nope i love it yeah and i'm sure that yeah and there's 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 more added features ladies and gentlemen that being said, all right, so we go from the princess switch to the very next one. You got it? I do. Next up, uh, after the princess switch, we're going to go with Christmas 
with the cranks from 2004 uh now this is starring tim allen jamie lee curtis and dan Aykroyd. who doesn't love tim allen jamie lee curtis and dan Aykroyd? i i i can't think of a bad tim allen movie uh no i can't no dan Aykroyd is a gem uh jamie lee curtis she's been kind of in everything but uh you know so this movie has an all-star cast and it's undeniably silly in a good way the premise is uh that a family decides to opt out of christmas because their daughter won't be home for the holidays but have to scramble at the very last minute to change her plans when she suddenly plans to come home uh Ah. yeah now on rotten tomatoes this only has a five percent rating which is absolutely terrible right um, so it's safe to say that the critics were not a fan of this one, but it's top three position at the box office during its opening weekend demonstrates that moviegoers did enjoy it. Right. So uh, fun and an unexpected fact about Christmas with the Cranks, the movie is actually based on a novel called Skipping Christmas by thriller writer John Grisham. Uh, what? Yes. John Grisham, the same dude who writes those like spy and like like espionage uh war type ones. He wrote this Christmas story. Wow. That yep. is very interesting. Um, um so so the budget for this was 60 million dollars and at the box office it made 96.6. So it wasn't like it wasn't a box office smash, but it definitely made more money than they spent so yeah that's good yeah and anytime and like what you said man anytime you get tim allen dan Aykroyd, i thought for i mean i don't think dan Aykroyd gets enough credit for how brilliant he was as a comedian you know uh, from everything he did from saturday night live to the you know to all the movies that he did when he was in uh uh, he, I mean, he was a damn blues brother for Christ's sakes. I mean, dude's the dude's hilarious. Uh, he was in Coneheads. I mean, there was so many other great movies that he did. Um, I, I'll tell you a movie. I'll tell you a movie about. I'll tell you a movie that has him in it that not a whole lot of people probably know about or probably even care about. Okay. Um, you might know this movie. I don't know if you do or not. Um, but it was a movie called Celtic Pride. Do you remember this movie? I do. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Celtic Pride it was he, it was Dan Aykroyd, uh, Daniel Stern who played Mar who played Marv in uh, Home Alone, and Damon Will- um, uh, yeah, Damon Wayans. I almost said Damon Williams. Uh, David Way- Damon Wayans. Um, and it was it was these two guys, <laughs> and it was co written by Judd Apatow and Colin Quinn. If that tells you anything, um, they played Michael O'Hara and Jimmy Flaherty. And they're two passionate Boston uh, Celtic fans who kidnap Lewis Scott, who the Utah Jazz All Star shooting guard, because they were in the middle of the in of the NBA uh, finals between the Jazz and the Celtics. So they get them drunk one night. They only they only want to get them drunk just enough so that they can he he'll play horrible in Game Seven, but. 
he they ended up taking him get, taking him out of the bar and he they ended up, he ended up staying at their house and now they got to make like oh shit we got to we're going to say we kidnap if we keep him here till after the NBA finals and we should be fine like it's a stupid movie but at the same time it's hilarious if you're if you're a fan of if you're if you like basketball movies if you like dumb comedies if you're a fan of Dan Aykroyd Dame Williams uh uh Daniel Stern it's it's just a hilarious movie if you enjoy it enjoy it awesome um but for this one in particular, the cranks, um, Christmas with the cranks, I thought was very, very hilarious because of the the dynamic, the, the chemistry that Tim Allen and Dan Aykroyd had was so funny. Uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, which a lot of people remember her most notably, she is known for uh, playing the uh, in the Halloween movies, which is what she's mainly known for. Um, but you know she when she can perform you know in other uh types of film i mean it is it is you know good to see her perform you know i mean she does like she did freaky friday in 2003 then she did christmas with the cranks and she did she did a couple of other ones but then in in, in 2018 she did uh the the remake of halloween well, not not the official remake of halloween but her her next part of the halloween uh ones um but yeah oh wait a minute wait a minute what am i reading this no what what are we waiting no no i didn't know anything about this bro did you know they're making a borderlands movie based on the video games yeah i did not know that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be Dr. Patricia Tannis in the movie. Dude, I didn't know that. <laughs> Fucking Jack Black is going to be claptrapped. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sorry. I'm going to have to tell Dad about that. Dad's a big fan of Borderlands, so I'm going to have to let him know about that one. But anyway, but no, nah, back to the thing. Yeah, Christmas with Cranks I thought was a funny movie, man. I, I really do. Anybody needs to go check it out. I know people think it's, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's 5%. Here's the thing. How much, and I'm going to ask you, pose this question to you. How serious do people take these these Rotten Tomato uh, posts? And the reason I ask that question is because, like, you can have, like, like 50% of all people, you know, but the thing about it is it's based on reviews, you know. It's, right. it's, you know, it's 5% rated on Rotten Tomato. Okay, out of how many reviews? And, like, did you poll every, if you poll everyone in America, chances are maybe 65%, maybe 75% haven't watched the movie. And for the 25 that have seen it, how many of them actually enjoy it other than the people who just review, it, you know? So it's, it's tantamount to, eh, you know, it might be good. It might not be good. I think, it, again, it, it boils down to preference. Um, but if you're one of the, I mean, you know, I guess I'm in the 95%. I enjoy the movie. So, you know, and I'm sure you enjoy the movie as well. <laughs> I, I did. Um, yeah, typically when I look at uh, like reviews and ratings, if it gets a uh, below average rating, then I typically will watch it and enjoy it. Uh, if it's a movie that like is just everybody raves about, and you know. Uh, Siskel and Ebert, well, not Siskel anymore because he passed away. But when they would rave about movies and like, this is the the best thing since sliced bread. There's never been a movie better. I'm like, yeah, that movie is terrible. 
And right. 99% of the time, in my opinion, it is terrible. So, right. And, and a lot of times it's like, have you ever, have you ever, have you ever done this? Like Siskel and Ebert would say, or people would see a, you'd see a trailer for a movie. And the movie ain't even been, the, the movie hasn't even gotten into theaters yet. Oh, nominated for an Academy Award. Who? Who the fuck nominated this shit? You know what I mean? Like, well, when I did, mean, you know, like, if the, if, you know, like, let me know, like, because I, like, when did the movie get these amazing reviews and why is that one movie the only movie that is considered up for nomination when the movie ain't even hit damn theaters yet? Like, what's the problem, you know? Right. It, it, it's a way to, it, it's a marketing ploy. Yeah. The way, so. a, a way to boister uh, ticket sales, I'm assuming. Yep. So, I guess so. All right. So, the next one we're going to talk about is a movie that I didn't know was, I didn't even know it was a Christmas movie. Um, uh, well, probably because I've never seen the movie, so that's that may be, may be a thing. So, just Friends is what we're going to be talking about from 2005. Um, God, this movie is so funny. All right. So I haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil anything. Okay. So this rom-com isn't always classified as a Christmas movie, but it's definitely worthy of a December viewing because it does take place over the holiday season. It focuses on Chris, played by Ryan Re- Okay, I'm definitely watching now. It's fucking Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> oh, dude. It's, it's, it's got Ryan Reynolds, Amy Smart, Anna Ferris. And Chris Klein in it. It's oh, I'm definitely watching it then. It's I'm hilarious. Gonna try, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to find, I'm gonna try to find it on one of my, one of one of the many streaming uh, services I'm paying for. Anyway, so let me get to it. It focuses on Chris, played by Ryan Reynolds, a guy who is who is perpetually in the friend zone. I know where you've been. I've been there and done that, brother. With his bestie Jamie. Sadly, there is a lot of reasons this movie is problematic and hasn't aged well. It uses a it, its use of a fat suit to show Chris's formerly overweight self probably wouldn't be replicated today, and the entire concept of nice guys ending up in the friend zone has become to feel pretty um, antiquated. But it does give a sense of nostalgia, and Ryan Reynolds is a charismatic and funny is is as charismatic and as funny as always. Um. Okay, so you've seen this film. Yes. What What is your What is your take on it? From okay, because just about from what I'm reading, is they said that oh, well, the fat suit being the former, and you know, it wouldn't be replicated today, and the whole the the, the concept of the nice guys always being in the friend zone. How did you feel about this particular movie? Um, uh, like what we said, this was 2005. Um, did you see it back in 2005, or was this more recent that, that you've watched it? I mean, I've watched it a few times. Okay. Uh, I, 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 uh, man, 2005 was a long time ago. I've slept yeah, a few times since then. I don't remember <laughs> right? if I've seen it when it first came out or if it was uh, a little later. I probably did see it when it first came out. Uh, I want to say the video store yeah. I was working at. Yeah, I was going to say you were still working at the video store in I, five, I, right? I, I believe I was. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I would get free rentals from there. I, I'm pretty sure I, I probably seen it then. Um, but yeah, so uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, dons a um, fat suit a la Nutty Professor. Right. Uh, 
and you know it, when he's in high school you know he's he's obese and he's secretly in love with his best friend um and she she just doesn't feel the same way um and so he kind of gets put in that the perpetual friend zone uh then he kind of goes off on his own and becomes a success loses you know all the weight and everything uh and then ends up coming home uh for christmas right and uh he uh like meets back up with her and all these feelings start coming back because uh, before that he's he's dating uh anna ferris's character and she's a self-obsessed pop singer oh uh, one of those types <laughs> yeah um and it, it it goes on but he goes back to his hometown and uh he meets back up with um what what's her name jamie amy smart's character jamie jamie right. palomino and um all these all these feelings uh start coming back but he is also has become like a womanizer uh so where he was always in the friend zone growing up he uh he now um is able to get women and everything uh and so you know that that kind of has his reputation has preceded him uh per se so she she still doesn't want anything to do with him but he does everything he can to kind of um push that envelope per se it's really good it's really funny i i I enjoy it every time i watch it uh it, it is on netflix so you know go give it a watch Okay, I will. Yeah, um, but I think the the the, um, the 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 concept of the friend zone that I think is what a lot of people are you know when they when they talk about you know the friend zone basically and for the and for those of you who don't know which I don't know why you wouldn't know but is in pop in pop culture the friend zone is this conceptual place describing a situation in which one person in a mutual friend relationship which is wishes to be in a romantic or sexual relationship with another person while the other person does not the person whose romantic advances were rejected and is then into he is entered or put into the quote unquote friend zone with the sense that that's where you're just going to be stuck. The friend zone has a strong persistence on the internet. For example, like Facebook, dating sites, and other social media platforms. However, over time, the term has expanded into middle schools, high schools, and colleges where young men and women are discovering their identities when it comes to dating and romance. It says the concept of the friend zone has been criticized for being misogynistic because of the belief that the concept implies the, an expectation that women should be romantically involved with men in whom they are not who don't who don't have interest simply because the men is nice to them though the term refers to all forms of un 
of unrequired affection, not necessarily a man liking a woman. It is also closely associated with so-called nice guy syndrome. Um, The term was originally popularized on the American sitcom TV show Friends. In the seventh episode, uh, the one with the blackout, Ross is lovesick for Rachel, but according to Joey, when when two people meet, there is a short period in which there is a potential for romantic relationships that Ross has gone beyond. At this point, they continue to see each other. They are in the quote-unquote friend zone. And so a romantic relationship is ineffectively impossible, even if one of the parties wishes to pursue it. Um, and, and then and, and the, 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 it's been verbalized in a sense. It's like, oh, man, man, dude, my homeboy just got put in the friend zone, man. Ah, oh, poor guy, man. You know, like, and I understand where people like the criticism of the term because they say it's misogynistic and things of that nature. Um, Cause certain guys feel like, it's the one thing about and 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 I and I know this coming from you know pure experience rejection sucks like it really really does and I've been rejected quite a few times rejection sucks but at the same time it's like you know what maybe now just maybe if I can you know not convince her because the convince sounds like a like a bad term but hopefully maybe i can demonstrate to her an affection to where it's like you know like hey can we try dating one time just once see where it goes and if nothing else happens and i'm not and it won't pursue anymore things of that nature but a lot of times it's like and i think and i think i can't remember who the psychologist was i listened to but it was some psychologist that said that a woman will put you in the friend zone within the first five seconds of meeting you. Cause it's either like she is attracted to you in some form in some sexual form to which you, she can think of you as either a protector or a provider. And if she doesn't look at you as either a protector or a provider within the first five seconds, you're automatically just going to be a friend, you know, right? if you're nice, you know, um, and it's it, 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 and yeah, I understand the misogynistic part of it, because um, you know, like, hey, I do this for you, I do that for you. We're supposed to be best friends, you know, blah blah blah. It's like you owe me, like, motherfucker. She don't know you shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what you're supposed to do. I mean, and now if you get rewarded for your good behavior, then God bless you. But you know, and here's the thing: if you put me in the friend zone, like. In my in my head, I'm thinking that I can think I can think of this in hindsight, but it's like I'm like, you know, like I, I really consider you more of a friend. Okay, well you got friends. Hook me up with one of your friends. I'm tired of being alone and sick, and you know, but <laughs> that shit never worked either, you know. So, but it like I said, it, you know, I'm I I, I I I found me a good one, and uh, I've been happy for you know last twelve years of my life. So you know, I, I I'm officially out of the friend zone. Although some sometimes I get put in the doghouse, but that's a different other story for a different time. <laughs> but right. anyway, all right, all right. So that being said, Bubba, let's go straight to the next one. You got it. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about yet another Netflix Christmas rom com, uh, and this one is called A Christmas Prince. Um, it was re- released in 2017 and has since spawned two sequels. And people seem to be debating whether it's bad on purpose or just plain bad. The thing is, though, that despite its unbelievable and overdone storyline 
and corny dialogue, there's something extremely enjoyable about this franchise. Maybe it's because we all want a little escapism and want to sp suspend our disbelief to escape the Aldovia like Amber Moore. Uh, <laughs> now, I... I want to say that I've seen this. Uh, I just kind of walk in and my wife's watching it. Uh, but I'm not positive. Uh, so I, I can't give a, uh, a, a good synopsis on this one. But right. uh, yeah, I, uh, I just can't remember if I've seen this one. I know I've seen the cover art for uh, the first and the second one. I didn't know there was a third one, but, you know. I didn't even know there was a first one. To be honest with you, I'd never even heard of this movie. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, film was shot in Romania? Okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. All right. Uh, it says, but, but see, here's the thing. It says on review, uh, agitation. Uh, uh, on Rotten Tomato, there we go. I was reading the wrong part. It says the film holds an approval rating of seventy percent based on ten reviews. So okay, so averages about you know six to seven, you know, out of ten or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it says before just before Christmas, an expiring young magazine journalist Amber, played by Rose uh, McIver, um, is sent to a foreign nation of Aldovia these weird ass names uh to cover a press conference given by prince richard who was set to take the throne following his father's recent death richard has been portrayed in the press as an irresponsible playboy and is also rumored to be planning to abdicate um for those who don't know abdicate means to you know, give up his throne or whatever. anyway all right so amber hopes to work in um out of Aldovia uh, will lead to her big break as she heads to the royal family palace for a press conference. Blah 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 blah. Things happen. People get you know, you know, uh, you know. Things happen, and it says that the uh, it says it says Amber decides to snoop around the palace while doing so is mistaken for young Prince Emily, um, and young Prince Emily's new American tutor. So she became Martha Anderson for the, you know, for for the for the remainder of her time there because, you know. Um now it did say that the um the the girl Emily, she has a spina bifida, which is a birth defect in which um uh, it complete it, it, it's like spinal it's like a spinal thing, a spina bifida. Yeah. Um you know, yeah, um which is it, it's not deadly, but it it can be. So, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, there was a whole lot of um, I'm not before, so I don't ruin too much for myself if I do want to watch it or ruin it for anybody else, because uh, the movie was the movie just came out in 2017. So, um, who knows? Um, but that being said, yeah, I mean, the, the the it was it's one of those concepts where she's mistaken for somebody else, and now she has to play the role in a sense, you know, um. So it's very interesting. And then of course it being around Christmas time and things of that nature, they, they go to a Christmas ball, which is portrayed in the, uh, um, which is portrayed in the, uh, cover art of the, uh, picture. 
And then there was also like what we like what you said, two sequels. There was uh, the Royal Wedding, uh, and then it says the Royal Baby. Um, so therefore, you can kind of guess where the story takes place after that point. Right. Uh, so anyway, um, so that being said, we're gonna move on to the number one. But before we do, let's jump on. Uh, they gave us a five. By the way, we're we're using a WatchMojo.com for this list. By the way, to so shout out to our good friends over at WatchMojo.com. Um, we have a couple of honorable mentions. The the night before Christmas, and night is spelled with a K. The night before Christmas. Um, <laughs> then there was a holiday in the wild. Well, d- hold, um, on, hold on, don't breeze past them. Have you ever? Oh, seen don't breeze the, past. Okay. Have you okay. ever seen the night before Christmas? I have not seen the night before Christmas. Apparently, you have. Have you seen it? <laughs> no, I was just wondering. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I I do know that it's it's a Netflix movie, uh, mm-hmm. and it it was set the 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 setting for it is the thirteen hundreds. Ah, uh, yeah. It it also has Vanessa Hudgens in it. Uh, so she's kind of become that that Netflix rom com queen, right, right, right. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, the next one on the list is Holiday in the Wild, um, with Rob Lowe and Kristen Davis. It looks like it's a. Um, uh, it says after her after their son Luke leaves for college, Kate. And her husband Drew go on a second honeymoon to uh, Zambia, and Drew confesses that he is no longer in love with her and is waiting for the son to come home from college before ending their marriage. What the fuck? Uh, apparently, Katie meets Derek's South African girlfriend Leslie. Um, okay, so I'm assuming okay, so they they break up, they don't love each other no more, they end up falling back together again. Cool. Yep. Uh, um, Jingle All the Way. Really? That's a bad movie. I love. Yeah, you know it, the movie it, I'm talking about, right? It, it, okay, so it's it's not a bad movie, uh, but we, we are talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, it's not the tumor. <laughs> yeah. Get down. Get to the chopper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sinbad was in it. Uh, Phil Hartman, God rest his soul. Uh, Rita Wilson was in it. Um, yeah, there was a, you know, there was um, quite a few. Uh, Jim Belushi was a mall Santa. Yeah. Um, Big Show was a big old Santa. Um, Vern Troyer was in it as a meanie, uh, as the as the as the uh, the one that jumped on his head. He was uncredited for the role, but, but yeah, that was Vern Troyer. God rest his soul too. Um, yeah. But no, I, I enjoyed the movie. Well, and, and apparently a lot of people enjoyed it because it, it only cost seventy five million to make, and it made one hundred and twenty nine, uh, or one hundred thirty million, one twenty nine point eight. So, right, yeah. And, but like and I it said, spawned a sequel starring Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, we, we, we won't we won't discuss that one. <laughs> you know, if you can get a sequel with Larry the Cable Guy, it's got to be good. Right. I mean, look at the Cars movies, right? Hey, Never mind. All right. Don't, so don't you you shall not say an ill word about cars. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I like I love to be Tomater. I love no, I love no, I love Tomater. Yeah, exactly. Um now the first one was very good. The second one I didn't care for. The third one was all right. 
Um, didn't care for the second one though. Um, yeah. That being said, though, the, the the next honorable mention is the ultimate Christmas present, which I've never heard of that one either. So never heard of it. Uh, I know it's it's a Disney Channel. Um, it's, it's it's a Disney Channel movie. Uh, it, it stars uh, Hallie Hirsch and Brenda Song. Uh, came out in the year two thousand. Uh, but I, I would say that it's probably um, your typical Disney Channel Christmas movie. Right. It says, according to this, it says it turns out that the weather machine belongs to Santa Claus. Okay, so apparently uh, the weather has been crazy. It's been snowing in Los Angeles since because Santa controlled the weather. And apparently two whales have to help Santa like get presents to Christmas on in, in LA because it's snowing and then probably the one that everybody would <laughs> Ernest saves Christmas though Jim Varney was amazing dude <laughs> I mean people I know people I know people like to shit all over the Ernest movies and stuff like that I don't care dude Jim Varney was fucking hilarious as Ernest dude I don't care yeah yeah I uh I always like the the Ernest movies uh, and this was the third in the series, um, but it, it's hilarious because you know uh, Ernest he uh, he has to help find a replacement for an aging Santa Claus, and it's just one of those stupidly funny right movies. If that makes sense, no, no, it does make sense because because you gotta understand it was. Because the the origins of Ernest, of the Ernest ones was it was it was it was Doctor Otto and the riddle of the of the gloom beam was and it was it was an unnamed cameo role but apparently it made such an impact that um, they decided to go with it because it was Ernest goes to camp Ernest saves Christmas Ernest goes to jail Ernest scared stupid Ernest rides again Ernest goes to school slam dunk Ernest Ernest goes to Africa Ernest in the army like. Like it was, it was those movies in a row, you know, and, uh, and, and like I said before, man, Jim Varney was just an amazing, amazing, uh, actor. Um, unfortunately he did die, uh, um, fairly young. I'll say fairly young. He was, well, I, to me, that's still saying he was, he was, he was 50 years old when he passed away. Um, and, uh, died of, uh, he died of lung cancer in the year 2000 and he, uh, he had two uh, posthumous uh, releases after the fact. It was uh, Daddy and Them. It was, a 20, yep. it was 2001. And then Atlantis, The Lost Empire, where he lent his voice. And I think other than the Ernest movies, I think he's more known for, he played Jed Clampin in the Beverly Hillbillies. Yep. And he was also Slinky Dog from Toy Story. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was, that was his big thing. But let's get to the number one on this list. Now, this whole entire list, guys, we have been talking about different types of Christmas movies. We've mentioned a lot of Netflix movies, but we haven't mentioned a single Hallmark movie. Do you want to know why that is? Because at number one is every single Hallmark Christmas movie. Okay. Yes. While it was while it was still known as the Odyssey Network. Hallmark released its first original holiday movie in the year 2000. 
And as of 2009, they have instituted their own countdown to Christmas with holiday programming running from from October 31st, Halloween, until New Year's Day, January 1st. There's something about these Christmas flicks that seems to charm anyone who sees them. With their predictability and formatic uh formula formatic nature being part of the appeal it's like it is like okay the acting may be iffy at times and the scenarios depicted might be utterly ridiculous but we just can't get enough of these movies luckily there are new movies released every year around the holidays so you'll basically never run out of the delightful content that you can assume on the hallmark channel or anything else You've said it once already. You enjoy Hallmark Christmas movies. Is there one particular Hallmark Christmas movie that you can give us, like off the top of your head, that you really, really enjoy? Oh man, <laughs> I, 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 I know. I put him on the spot. I put him on the spot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can give you just one. Honestly, um, okay. I, I I enjoy them all. Uh, I mean, man. Like, I'm looking for it right now. I'm looking for, like, Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah. Like, they got the original movies. Um, let's see. They're giving me a whole lot of stuff. Like, okay, Christmas premieres. Okay. Uh, okay, okay. All right. Here, here, here's, what, here's what I found. I found the top ten Christmas premiere movies. Okay? All right. I'll tell, and tell me if you've heard of any of these, okay? I'm sure I have. Okay. A Christmas Dream. Yeah. A Royal Christmas with Lacey, with Lacey Chabert. Yes. Uh, a Christmas Cottage. Yes. A Christmas Love. Mm-hmm. Christmas at Graceland with Kelly Pickler. It was terrible, but yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, a Christmas Detour with Candace Cameron Burr. I... Any any Hallmark movie with Cameron Candace Cameron in it is the Chef's Kiss, in my opinion. Right, uh, uh, and they're all the same. I, I, I'm not going to try to even tell you they're not. They're all the same, but there's just something about the way that she portrays herself in in anything that she's in, really. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that just is really good to me. Right, um, and then there's so many different ones. Okay, I'll, I'll, let me finish. Let me finish the ones out that I got. Uh, Journey back to Christmas, another K, another Candace Cameron movie. Yeah. Um, the Christmas Train. Yep. Switched for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Christmas Under Wraps, which is a 2004 uh, Hall, uh, Hallmark movie. With five, which which was uh, five point seven five million view uh, viewers. Yeah. So yeah, so that one was, and they talk about, and it says within a year, like the top rated, uh, uh, one, like it, 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 and like we said, I mean, it's, it's difficult to find, you know, a lot of them. Which I would say, yeah, just if you have the Hallmark Channel, go to it. Freeform has a whole lot of Hallmark movies. Um, <laughs> the you know. It it's it's typical. I mean, yeah. But basically, this is the synopsis for every single Christmas Hallmark movie. Small girl working in the big city, 
leaves leaves goes back to her small town falls in love with a local gives up the small you know lives in the hallmark town forever and a day and it's and it's always the hallmark towns where it's like these small towns it's like all they got is christmas you know it's like they got you know the middle like like middle of nowhere connecticut or something and it's all christmas you know there's a big tree in the center in the town center you know you know i mean these people hardly don't have any running water but they got that damn electrical bill you know what i mean so um but yeah i mean all of them yeah there are some that i've seen um i can't remember like what again man i put you on the spot man but i'm i would feel the same way it's it's hard to pick one, you know what I mean? Because there's just so many different ones, and I'm sure that internet's probably going to scream at me for not knowing them, but, hey, it is what it is. Uh, so, obviously, the Hallmark movies aside, because there's other ones that we talked about tonight, if you could make a recommendation out of all the movies that we talked about tonight, if you can say this one is the one that you guys should definitely watch, which one would it be? Just from the list tonight? Just from the list tonight. Just and, friends. yeah, I mean, just friends. Okay, just friends. I mean, I, I there's a lot of good ones on here. Bad Santa, uh, Four Christmases, uh, the Holiday Calendar, uh, Christmas with the Cranks. But I, I would say that if there's one you haven't seen, then definitely give um, Just Friends a watch. Okay. I will definitely give Just Friends a watch. That's one movie that I am going to have on the uh, watch list. And also, excuse me, please forgive me, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a long day. I've been, I've been traveling all day. I'm sorry. Um, that being said, though, but yeah, also check out Bad Santa for those of you who haven't seen it. Let me know how good you think it is and if you're going to try to cancel Billy Bob Thornton next. Damn damn ex-gen kids anyway no i'm kidding shout out to y'all i love y'all that being said though ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning into this episode uh hope you guys enjoyed it man we're getting ready for the new year we got a whole lot of uh stuff coming down the pike um you know rock retrospectives coming back rap rewinds coming back um something about sports is coming up after the football season's over with are you ready for some football we're still putting our predictions in on that one who you got's coming back real soon also um got a lot of cool stuff we got coming through more more content now than we've had had in previous years we we're starting to ramp up the content a little bit more here on the program and we have a lot of cool things we got going on um chip anything you want to say before we get out here this evening um as always check out movementradio.us that is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio Shout out to our good buddy Sean Thompson over at Thompson Personal Training. Check him out on Facebook, Thompson Personal Training. All of his prices are listed there for you. Anybody who wants to take advantage of this, tell him Movement Radio sent you. Shout out to our good friends Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. Thanks again for the uh, um, conversation we had earlier this week. You guys helped me out. We appreciate it. Uh, also, our good buddies Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network. Uh, a lot of cool things going coming down the pipe for Movement Radio again. Like I said, we love you guys. Thank you. 20,000 downloads. We could not have done that without you guys. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. And we will see you next year right here on Movement Radio. Chip, let's hit them with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click the bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And this 
is Movement Radio. God's plan.